If you're new here this morning or you haven't been here in a while, this is week nine. And in this topic of prayer, we've been talking about the, how Paul struggled in, in Colossians. We talked about how Paul struggled for others in prayer, their agony behind it. And then we talked about the responsibility in week two of, about prayer. And uh, in week three, we talked about how we need to be importune, how we need to be like the widow, just constantly, persistently knocking at the door of, of heaven. We talked about how there's a need to overturn, as Jesus did in the temple. Uh, he overturned and said, this is to be a house of prayer. It had become a house of dens, money changers. It had become a place of uh, uh, everything but what it had been intended it to. And, and I believe today is the truth. It's the same we have this house of prayer that it should be a house of prayer. And in some cases, it's been everything but. And so we learned that, man, we, we need to overturn and get rid of anything that would hinder us, that our prayers would not be hindered, but they would be effective. And then we talked about how we need to be thankful in our prayers, that we would be like the one of the ten that got healed, the lepers, not like the nine that would go on and receive their healing, but we would go back and say, thank you, Lord. We saw the heart of our, our Lord and Savior, how he was grieved. Where did the other guys go? And how the, the one that came back received the blessing. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, we learned the importance of just being still before him and listening. And then the following week was, was really wonderful and, and fasting. I, I know a lot of people in the home groups and and uh, through just talking and engaging and people emailing me, God has been moving in the life of the church. God has been responding to the prayers. God has been responding to the hearts that are crying out to him. Amen? I mean, there was quite a few of us. I, I don't know if you guys actually fasted and prayed. And matter of fact, you shouldn't if you just feel like you... If, if we're just telling you to pray and fast, that's... Not really, it, you want to hear from the Lord to pray and fast for a specific something. And I know me personally, I did, and there was others, and, and God moved uh, incredibly in praying and fasting. Because again, why wouldn't we in the times, in the drastic times that we live in, we need to have drastic measures. And the drastic measures we bring to the table, the only weapons of warfare that we have is the Word of God and the prayer in our time of worship. So this morning, we're going to couple the power of prayer, the power of the Word of God. We're going to combine them and see how we can be instructed and in being effective as we pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your Word that you preserved for us. We're thankful for it. Without it, Lord, we truly would be lost. Though many men have tried to destroy it, Lord, you kept it undefiled. It's perfect. And Jesus, this morning, we want to cling to it. We ask that you would illuminate it for us. Make it come alive. For we know truly it is alive. And it is powerful. So we seek in it what you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, in 1 John chapter 5, it says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, Him being Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Amen. Then, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have that petition that we have asked of Him. Here, the Apostle John is assuring us that we can have confidence in our prayer. But the key is, if we're praying in the line of God's will. It would be safe to say that the best place to start to knowing God's will is to know God's word. To know God's will is to be knowing God's word. That is why we continue. We don't, we don't bring you here and open up some ancient manuscripts that have nothing to do that would connect us to the eternal God. We don't read the, the scrolls of Socrates or Plato. 
we read of the manuscripts that God has preserved for us because there is clout and depth to the words, because the words are alive. The words are powerful. As it says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, joint, and marrow. And listen, and it is this discerner of thoughts and the intents of hearts. So with that being said, why wouldn't we seek the scriptures of God in our time of prayer? Because in our time of prayer, our intents are often ill our motives, our hearts. So in a sense, we need the Word of God to discern, to keep us on the path of the righteous. For it is the light unto our path, the lamp unto our feet. And as the Word of God says, man, it's powerful. It's like a sword And friends, you and I, as God's children, as it says in 1 Timothy, that we, as his soldiers, we are to learn to wield this sword. We are to learn how to to get in the depths of it to know, and that way, when we do pray, we don't pray amiss. We can be confident, as it says in 1 John. We can be confident in knowing that the petitions that we ask... It's hard to be confident when the petitions being asked are of ill motives. As it says in James, we pray amiss. If you don't want to pray amiss, if you want to pray effectively, if you want to pray powerfully, then pray the Word of God. It's not only a safe bet, but it is powerful and meaningful. And the depths, I personally, I I can't remember the year. But I hadn't always, as a Christian, prayed the Word of God. It was like a revelation. It was like a light that turned on. And where it happened for me personally was in Psalm 119. I was reading it, and I was like, man, this is a wonderful prayer for me because I lack the desire to read God's Word and to meditate on it. And if you read Psalm 119, man, it's just constantly, Lord, help us to seek your scriptures. Help us to meditate on it day and night. Help us to love your precepts. And as I read it, I thought to myself, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take each stanza for every day, and I'm going to pray this for myself. And at the end of Psalm 119, I saw, man, there was a hunger within me for the word of God. And, and it was like this light, like praying the word of God. And then next thing you know, I'm like a salesman knocking on people's door. Hey, man, you got to pray the word of God. is powerful. And what's interesting is so many people that don't have the practice, yet it's simple and it's thought. Everyone would agree, yes and amen, pray the word of God, why wouldn't you? But yet, it's kind of absent so many times. Though in Isaiah 55.10 it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth the bud, that it may give to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I have sent it. God's word is powerful, friends. And though when we pray God's word, we may not see the fruit, we can be sure that God is faithful to his word. Just as he told the prophet Jeremiah, he said in Jeremiah 1.12, You see well, Jeremiah, for I am ready to perform my word. God is always faithful and true and just to his word. You'll never catch God sleeping on the job. He's always alert and listening for his word. When we speak out in faith to him, There is a connection, friends. It's hard for me to describe the connection, but I know one thing, that that connection exists, that when God's children cry out God's word, there there is an intimacy there. There is a connection. I kind of liken it to, like, in my home, if you go to the Taurus household, 
there are certain phrases and certain words that you would hear that you would not understand. If I said to you, where's Mumu Heads? You would say, what? But yet for my daughter, that would be her. That's me. There is phrases within our family that we have. There's things that we do that are unique and, and they identify our family. They're unique, right? Are you guys with me? You know, for some, for some people, you know, like the pacifiers, the memes. Who does that? Who has that? Anybody call the pacifier memes? You got a memes? Yo, bro. Not anymore, though, right? It's unique language to us. Just like as friends, we have unique language. My, me and my best friend, Britt, and those around us, we have a unique language. We use certain phrases. There's even certain gestures that we have that identify, and it's, and it's, it's intimate. So, too, God's Word. When you pray God's Word, there's a connection in that, in that sense, that, that way that there's a connection that's intimate. And, and men and women of God, listen to me. When we pray the Word of God, it draws us into that intimate setting. There should be a comfortableness. You know, like when you go into a home, you want to feel comfortable. You don't have to feel ill or uninvited. When you speak to the Lord, you never should. If you do, speak the Word of God to Him and see if there's a difference in the intimacy that develops. It's His Word, it's His language. Matter of fact, um, last week, uh, uh, having preparing this message, knowing about this, I went to the meetings, the prayer meetings that we have. The one out in Goleta, I wasn't here the one Tuesday, but um, I was here Wednesday night when we prayed for the, the youth. We started out a little team right here. And one thing I love at prayer meetings is this. When you hear this, you know what's going on? People are praying and they're feeling led by the Spirit to cry out this, and then this, and then this. And I'm telling you, friends, when you've been to a prayer meeting that's heavily based on the Word of God, uh, God's children crying out God's Word, there's a sense of power. I left Wednesday night. Anyone that was here, you know that there, it was like, wow. It's like you don't want to stop. A prayer meeting that you want to stop immediately is generally a prayer meeting that's falling on dead ears. And, and not that the Lord is, is, is death, but it's those who are speaking out. But the prayer meeting where like, you don't want this to stop is generally the Word of God that is bringing the power, the intimacy, that setting. Why wouldn't we apply it to our lives? Why would we just keep it for a time of prayer meetings? And, and as God's people cry out his word, it's often said to me, like, hey, G, will you pray for me? You pray. No, I don't know how to pray. What do you mean you don't know how to pray? He's talking to Jesus. You know, pray. You pray. Oftentimes, when I'm a prayer team, you come to me, you'll often hear me say, you pray, then I'll pray. Because I think we need to be in a practice to just be comfortable to talk to our God. But yet so many people are not comfortable talking to God. And if that's the case with you, then talk to him about his word. And I'm telling you, there's power, there's something mysterious that will draw you into this conversation. It's wonderful. It's effective. It's powerful. And if you feel like you just don't have the prayer, um, like, because... None of us, by any means, am I trying to dictate to you, hey, we all need to have this standard and, oh, Heavenly Father, this is how we need to pray here. Follow me, everybody. I'm not trying to say that because God has made each one of us unique, different voice, different pitch. Some are low, some are high. God's made you that way. It's wonderful. It's glorious. But we can all be linked and unified together when we are praying God's word. And then in general, I'm this, this happens. God aligns us. And then we start heading in the direction that the Spirit of God would lead us. And, and for, for those of you who feel inadequate to pray out loud, listen. The people that you hear praying, it's generally just people that read their word and memorize it. Because from that, they feel compelled. Like scriptures just popping out of their minds. Is it because they rehearsed this? 
No, it's the Word of God. And, and the Spirit will always bring to remembrance the Word of God that is hidden in your heart. So if you find that you lack the words, then get in the Word. Because when you're in the Word, you can be confident that when you do pray, you can be confident that you're praying in the will of God. And then if, you've, if, you, if you're like, well, I don't want to pray because what if I pray the wrong thing? Well, then you don't have to worry about praying the wrong thing when you pray the Word of God. And it's, it's not just a sure thing. It's a powerful thing. The Word of God. It'll naturally come straight from your lips, directly out of the heart. It's a wonderful thing. And this morning, my hope, my prayer, my my, I believe the Lord's desire is that we would learn this wonderful privilege because when we pray the word of God, we pray according to his will. We pray according to his promises. We have a connection. There's this connect. I can't express it to you. I can't show you it on PowerPoint, but I can reassure you that it's for real. It allows the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Listen, when Daniel needed insight into the future of Israel because they were in captivity, he prayed the words of Jeremiah, the prophet. When Elijah prayed for uh, the heavens to shut because Israel was in idolatry, they were worshiping idols, he prayed according to the blessings and the curses of Deuteronomy. That's what gave him the idea to pray that the heavens would shut and that they would open up again. It wasn't his idea. It was the Lord using his servants. Do you want to be a servant used by the Lord? Then be connected to his word. You can be confident. Not in yourself. Not in me. Not in anything other than him. It's a wonderful thing. It's almost like it's so simple in its form, what I'm saying to you. It's like it should be uh, expressed like I should be teaching this up there with the kids. Hey, everybody, pray the word of God. And the kids would say yes and amen. And guess what, kids? Read your Bibles. All right, yes and amen. That's what I'm saying this morning. It's a simple message. But for some reason, it hasn't found its way through the church of today. Last week, Britt had mentioned King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There is an interesting story because uh, King Jehoshaphat was a good king, and he, he, he started to bring reformation in Israel. He was starting to boot out the idols. He started, hey, man, we've got to get rid of all this stuff. And he started getting them on the right track. Whenever you get on the, white, the, white, the right track, the enemy always comes against you, huh? When you make a move forward for God, Satan is just there to counterpunch. And that's what happened with King Jehoshaphat. Because it says at the beginning of the chapter that there was an enemy that had surrounded them. A large one. They had surrounded him. And what was King Jehoshaphat's response? Let's pray and let's fast. And so he declared a fast throughout all Judea and excuse me, Judah and, and Israel. And then he declared that we would pray. And then in his prayer, I'm telling you, his prayer is wonderful because it's almost like, Lord, your word says this. Matter of fact, let's go there real quick. Second Chronicles chapter 20. He says to them, King Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord and he said, O oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Do you hear the tone of his voice? It's like, Lord, these are your promises. You didn't bring us out of Egypt to get us um, captured and ruined by these who would come against us. Lord, for your name's sake, if disaster would come upon us as sword and judgment and pestilence, famine, we will stand before the temple of your presence, 
for your name is in this temple. And we cry out to you in our affliction. You, Lord, hear us. Save us, God. And then he goes on. And in verse 14 and 15, the Lord responds and says, Well, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Do not worry. Do not be dismayed. For the battle did not belong to you. It belongs to me. He responded. And friends, when the enemy comes against you, you got to have the right response. Lord, greater are you that is in me than he that is in this world. May it not be that I would be anxious for these things and as the, the enemy in the world would come against me. Friends, you've got to have the right response. Just as Jesus did in Luke chapter 4 when the, when the Satan came to tempt him as he was fasting, as he was praying, what was his response? It was straight out of Deuteronomy. So if Jesus uses the word of God in his time of prayer, wouldn't it be safe to say that we should do the same? Amen? Because Jesus resisted the temptation as he was, as it says there in chapter 1, or first, verse 1, chapter 4, that he was walking according to the Spirit. When you're walking according to the Spirit and you're abiding by the Word of God, friends, nothing can come against you. Nothing. Even when the enemy encamps around you. And, and it's safe to say that in this world, we have so much coming against us. We got the world coming against us. We got Satan coming against us. We got ourselves, our own flesh coming against us. That is why we have this cloud hovering over us and the Lord saying, pray. Pray. Fast. Seek my will. Seek my word. That is why. Because... We're living in crazy times. And so to be uh, uh, having a proper response, we need to have this tool of praying the Word of God, and we need to implement it. We need to implement it in a way that will affect our lives. Jesus said in John fifteen seven, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Amen? But you abide in what? His words. His word. John 1.1, 1, 1, man. His word. He is the word. We've got to abide in him. No matter what we're facing. God wants to give you insight. He wants to show you his promises. That you would apply them to your situation. Because, friends, no matter what your situation is, if it's the relationships, health, finances, education, vocation, whatever it would be, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And it's found where? His Word. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has been given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory to virtue, by which he have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, these meaning the promises that he has given us, that we would be partakers of the divine nature. Do you want to be a partaker in the divine nature? Then rest and receive and declare the promises of God. In your hour of anxiety, in your hour of trouble, in your hour of temptation, cling to the promises of God. Because it's fair to say that you within yourself will fail. I can say this to you because I have looked at the man in the mirror and said, when I do it my way, I fail. When I was a non-believer and, and I was in, uh, I think, ninth grade, I was already becoming an alcoholic. I was addicted to alcohol. I tried to quit within myself. Was I successful? Look at the records of my 10th grade. It'll reveal all things. I got an A and PE. And that was it.
the word of God, as we apply it in our lives, as we begin to allow it to proceed from our lips in our hour of temptation, just as Jesus, just as Daniel, just as Elijah, when you need insights, the word of God. When you need strength, when you need comfort, when the enemy comes around you, el palabra de Dios, the word of God, the word of God, he commands us to give constant attention to his word. He told Joshua to meditate on it day and night, Joshua. Why? Why did he tell Joshua that? Because Joshua needed to. Because he was about to encounter some crazy stuff. In Joshua 1, God knew where he was headed. God knew where he was going. God knew all things. He knows all things. That's why he said to Joshua, meditate on it day and night. Because you're going to need it. You're going to need me. And to need me, to find me, the word of God. And he says the same to us. Hey, times are going to get easier. There's not going to be there's not going to be the next president's not going to fix everything. There's not going to be peace in Iraq. There's not going to be peace in the Middle East. It's going to get increasingly worse. So we can't expect that things are going to get better. We can expect our hope in heaven, but we cannot expect things here on earth to get better. We can't get around each other and say, Kumbaya, it's going to get better. No. If anything, it's going to get worse. That's why I believe the cloud is hovering. He's preparing us. And if we begin to practice by being in the Word of God, being students of the Word of God, and proclaiming and praying the Word of God, I'm telling you, friends, your life will be different. You'll find victory. You won't find a flawless life. If anything, your cage might be rattled more so. But let, it, let the enemy rattle all he wants. The kingdom of God is at hand. We got to press in. And as we read God's word, we know that it will not return void. As we read God's word, we'll know we'll find the promises needed. We'll have the insight needed for what's around the corner. The lamp unto our feet, the light unto our path, the word of God, friends. This morning, you guys are in for a big surprise. Because we're not going to have a normal church service. Matter of fact, right now, we're going to be doers of the word. We're going to put into practice what we just learned. We're going to start by asking, if you're a wife, stand up. We want to pray the word of God for you right now. If you're a wife, you're married, you're beautiful, please stand up. Many win, women struggle with, with fear and with uh, emotions. And I, I didn't come up with it. My, my wife told me so. Ladies, don't come up to me. Oh, all the ladies are fearing, huh? It's not like that. Ladies, uh, those, around, those of you around the ladies, just lay hands on them. Let's agree in prayer as we pray the word of God for them. Lord, thank you that these are your daughters and that they love you. And that, Lord, you have given them not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And, Lord, I pray right now for their minds that you would give them the mind of Christ. That, Lord, from their lives, love would flow. And that, Father, you would continue to give them uh, insights to your word that it would be powerful. And thank you, Lord, that you are for them and none could be against them. And we pray, Lord, they've been brokenhearted, they've been wronged, if they've been um, ill-handled by men, that you would, you would heal those wounds. That, Lord, you would just grant them a great amount of faith to trust you. And thank you, Father, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and we pray you would cover them in that today. As your daughters, Lord, 
Bless them. Teach them to love their husbands that would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, ladies. Thank you so much. There's nothing to it but to do it, right? That's my phrase. I love the simplicity of the Word of God. And as James says, hey man, don't be hearers of the Word. Be hearers and doers. So men, if you're a husband, stand up. If you're willing to humble yourself before the Lord, stand up and say, I'll receive some prayer right now. All right. See, the ladies are already excited because they know they're going to benefit when you get prayed for. And men, trust me, I lay myself at the same place. The man of God as a husband. Lord, thank you. As your sons, we ask that you would help us not to forget your law, but that, Lord, we would keep your commandments knowing that this will bring length to our days. And some of us need that, Lord. We need peace. We ask that you would add it to us. That, Lord, mercy and truth would not forsake us, but that we would bind them around our necks, that we would write them on the tablets of our hearts. Lord, have way of our hearts right now. And that we would find high esteem in the sight of you, Lord, and in the sight of the man. That, that we would have a great testimony in this world because we trust in the Lord with all our heart that we would lean not on our own understandings but we would acknowledge you in all that we do and that you would direct our paths that you would make them straight and Father that we would not be wise in our own eyes but we would fear you and shun evil knowing that this would bring nourishment to our bodies and strength to our bones Lord do that in your men right now and Father we ask that you would just Cover their eyes. Cover our eyes, Lord, as your men. Help us to have eyes for the women you've given us. Help us to be satisfied with them in such a wonderful and a fresh way. Lord, as your word says, that we would just be enthralled, that we would be satiated with our wives that you've given us, that we would never see the grass on the other side greener. Lord, thank you. Thank you for our wives. Help us to love them as you love the church. Fall upon us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See why? See how you can be praying for your husbands? It's, it's really wonderful to turn to the Proverbs if you're a wife wondering how you can pray for your husband. And uh, matter of fact, can you turn back to the other proverb? There, look at that that our eyes would always be satisfied with the woman that God has given us. Amen? Amen. That's the Word of God, everybody. Isn't that wonderful? That's the real deal. Now listen, as we continue in our time of prayer, uh, we've allowed it time to, to do this. So don't think, oh, dang, things are getting thrown off. No, this is the way the Lord wanted it. This is the way the Lord wanted it. Matter of fact, right now what we're going to do, we're going to do something together. We're going to actually walk through how we do that. Because, again, I'm not trying to say, hey, guys, this is how we do it. I'm not trying to coax you into doing something that I believe the Lord hasn't have you to do. I believe this is from the Lord, and I believe that he would have us pray for our teens. And um, Psalm 1 has always been a wonderful psalm. And uh, I think you will agree with me. Can I sit here? Oh, man, how do you guys see this stuff? We're going to pray together right now. And uh, again, the Word of God, if you agree, say yes and amen. And, and if, it, if you just know it, if it applies to your teen or your kid, then say yes and amen. So, Lord, right now we thank you that you do bless your children. And we pray for our children, Lord, that they would not walk in the way of the ungodly nor stand in the path of the sinners. Lord, help them to see uh, that bad company corrupts good character, 
that, Lord, they would not sit in the seat of the scornful, but they would delight in your law, that they would love you, God, and they would meditate on your word day and night. Father, help them to fall in love with your word. Help them, Lord, that they would be as a tree planted by the rivers of water, that, Lord, you would bring the fruit each season, that their leaves would not wither, but that, Father, you would help them prosper. Father, we pray for for them to, to just stray away from the ungodly, that they would have a passion to pray for the ungodly. Lord, that they wouldn't find themselves in the congregation of them, but they would find themselves in the congregation of the righteous. Lord, that they would desire you more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the teenagers of this coastlands, of this church. We submit them to you, Lord. Father, we submit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen? Come on, everybody. Here, look. We're going to the Montel Williams show. All right. Who's ready to do this? Somebody want to pray the next prayer for, for the youth? Somebody? Oh, amen. So look, the word of God is going to be up there. Psalm 119 is one of the, it's just, again, if, if you're going to say, where do I start, Pastor G? Start with Psalm 119. It's a wonderful one. Can you read it? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, our Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and thank you for your word. And I'm thankful for Psalm 119. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Amen, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's powerful, huh? Matter of fact, if you think of me, you just throw that one down for me. I need that one all the time. Matter of fact, um, if, if you find it like difficult with the wording and whatnot, listen, there, you'll find like Paul's prayers in First uh, Thessalonians or if, in Philippians or in Ephesians. Those prayers are wonderful. They're so rich. You can read them word for word in, in their wonderful prayers. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example of how wonderful they are. Uh, turn your Bibles to Ephesians. Paul in, in, in uh, Ephesians 1, 16 says, Do not cease to give thanks for you and making mentions of you in my prayers. And then he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation and in the knowledge of Him. That your eyes would have understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are your riches of the glory of His inheritance for the saints? And what is the exceedingly greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? which is worked in Christ Jesus far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion. And every name is named, not only in this age, but also in which the one is to come. Isn't that a great prayer? Matter of fact, if you ever think, I should pray for Pastor G. I want that one. You think of me? Pray Ephesians 1 and, and, and pray Psalm 1 and pray Psalm 119 for me. It's a wonderful and powerful prayer. It's the Word of God, friends. And as we begin to implement it, understand that this is what God will begin to do in your prayer life. That it, it'll be like a, a catalyst. It'll be a foundation. As you begin to pray, you'll find that you won't wander from the truth, but you'll find yourself going not beyond the truth, but going where the Spirit is leading. As you pray, you'll think, how wonderful. I didn't even know I had lips to say those things. Friends, I'm constantly amazed at the wisdom. As people would come to my office, I'm telling you the truth. If you guys knew where I've been and what I've seen, 
you would say, what is that fool doing here? I'm not going to make an appointment with him. But yet it's the word of God. I can be confident. If anything, it gives God the more glory because I can say, hey, man, it's not me. It's God. And I'm here to testify to you, friends. As you're in God's word, as you pray God's word, you'll see that your very lips, even your mannerisms when you're praying, will change. And that's not something you can manufacture. That's not something that you can buy. That's just the power of God through his word. Amen? Well, listen, friends. We still got some time to pray. Some of you may be like, oh, man, where is he going? Man, he's killing me. Uh, I contemplated on how I can word this in the most gentle, loving way. Uh, I thought, uh, if, if you get a discount at Danny's Stand Up, or if you're advanced with wonderful age, then stand up. The bottom line is, if you're an elderly, stand up. We want to pray for you. We want to honor you right now. So if that applies, amen. Hey, as a, as a side note, we're blessed and honored to have you guys be a part of this congregation. We need you. We need your prayers. We need your walk. We need your witness. We love having you guys here. And if I never like to try to plug our church, but if you're ever thinking about leaving, please don't. We need you. As a body of Christ, you bring a wonderful, a wonderful wealth. And we want to pray and just honor you in this time. Lord, thank you that you have chosen these to remain. They're here with us and we're blessed. And Lord, thank you that you have thoughts towards them. Thank you, God, that you have thoughts of peace and not of evil. And you have a future for them and you've given them hope. And Lord, I pray that you would always uh, just ignite the fire of hope within them. Lord, that they would be this great testimony to us and that, Lord, you would help them in their time here. Lord, for some reason you haven't taken them home and so we're blessed by it. And we say yes and amen to it. And Lord, we would even extend our hands and pray that you would help them in their ailments, that you would help them in their difficulties. Lord, that even as a body of Christ, you would show us how we can come alongside them. Lord, thank you. Thank you for them. Continue again to ignite the fire within them. Give them a heart to pray. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, we love you guys. Well, so if you're not married and you're not old... But I remember I, it was, I honored you guys. I love you guys. I don't mean old, like sweet Norma. I don't know if you guys know her. I asked, I, she goes to the first service, and she's 86 or something. I said, Norma, I, I didn't offend you. I said, gee, just tell us we're old because that's what we are. We're old. We just got to deal with it. And I was all, all right. Norma's rad. But if uh, you're not married and you're not old, stand up. I want to pray for you. Wow. Brad. Woo. As you guys were standing, I thought we were going to get raptured or something. It's like, okay, here we go, everybody. Listen, uh, the Lord put this psalm on my heart for you guys, Psalm 23. So those of you who are left, the few of you who are around, lay hands on them. Jesus, thank you that you are our shepherd. And as your sheep, we say yes and amen to the good shepherd. Lord, matter of fact, we confess when we are in want. Lord, we, we want to want you more. We want to be satisfied in you and you alone. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help those who are standing to see you as Lord, to see you as shepherd. 
That, Father, you would make them lie down in green pastures. That, Father, you you would lead them to still waters that would refresh their souls. Restore them, Lord. So many who stand here now, are their souls have been bitten on, been torn, shredded. Father, we pray you would restore them. Lead them into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord. When they walk through the valley of shadow of death, Father, help them not to fear evil, but to fear you. Thank you, Lord, that your rod and your staff, they comfort us. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to use your word to comfort us, that you would bring it to us, bring correction in our lives as our good shepherd. Thank you, Father, that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies, that you anoint our heads with oil. Father, I pray that every person standing up now, that their cups would overflow that goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life, that they will dwell in the house of the Lord. Father, that you would give them that hope in their hearts, dwelling with you for eternity. Lord, when all seems to go awry, when all seems to be crazy, Father, help them to remember the hope that lies ahead. As your sheep, we yield to you, our good shepherd, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. You guys are cool. Well, we got one last prayer, and that's for our whole church. You know, as a pastor here on staff, I just pray that our church would be marked by love. The love of the Father. The eternal love. And friends... As, as I tell many uh, couples who are looking to get married, I say, man, just understand something. Your love for, for your, your fiancé, it's not enough. I've seen it too many times. I've been married. My love can be affected by the, my time at work, the, the, the rain, the, the weather, the, anything can hinder and change my love. That is why, as God's people, we need to tap into the eternal love of the Heavenly Father. Because when we do that, then we're able to live the sacrificial life. Because so often we try to do it in our strength. And if we're to declare ourselves to be a church marked by love, then friends, we can't merely say it and then do it. It's got to be the Spirit of God. It's got to be the love of the Father. And so, as we pray together, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13 and pray this prayer. And again, you agree and, and you hear what you, and, and it just applies and say yes and amen to it. We're going to start in verse 4 in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Lord, thank you for this congregation that you've brought together. We're humbled And we're blessed, Lord, we're thankful for what you're wanting to do here in the coastlands. And Father, we don't want to find ourselves as a congregation to parade itself and to be puffed up thinking, we've obtained, look at our church, we're wonderful. Lord, we we just ask that you would help us to be humble in our way. That we would suffer long. Father, that we would be a congregation that is kind. That we would not envy, Lord. That we would not behave rudely, Lord, as we drive around with our little stickers on our car. Father, that you would help us to be mindful of of what your word has called us to be. And that we would not seek our own as the world seeks. Lord, we don't want to be those who would be marked by provoking and by seeking evil, rejoicing in iniquity, Lord, but help us to rejoice in the truth. Help us to bear all things. Help us to believe all things. Lord, give us the eternal hope in all things. Lord, help us to endure all things. Father, for we know that your love never fails. And we want to tap into that well 
of love. Right now, Lord, open our hearts to receive the love of the Father, that, Father, we know that this world is in need of it. And so we want it to proceed out of our lives. And, Lord, we just receive the prophetic words that you have for this congregation. Lord, we pray that that you would continue to have your way with us. And Lord, I pray that even that you would give us a childlike faith and yet help us to grow as men and women that you would want us to be. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the faith that you've given us, the hope and the love. And again, we ask humbly, that we would be marked by your love, that this world would know who we are because of our love for you, that we would bear fruit for you, that we would give honor to you, Lord, that we would be the ambassadors you've called us to, we would represent you properly in the hour of despair, that we would bring truth, love, faith, and hope wherever we would go as the temples of the Holy Ghost. We pray that you would continue to reveal ill areas, rebuke, correct, train us, Lord, through your word. Have your way. We surrender to you. We ask that you would govern our lives as our heavenly king. We ask that you would be our heavenly father as your children. We give ourselves to you, great shepherd. We pray these things in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. According to your word, we say yes and amen. Amen? amen. Listen, friends, the home, home group homework. If you're in a home group, find specific verses to pray for the nations, this nation, our president, those in office. Find some scriptures to pray for the lost, to pray for the prodigal sons and the prodigal daughters. I believe this season of home groups, God is doing a wonderful work. And um, man, how wonderful would it bring, be if you bring to the table on the evening that your home group meets the Word of God. You go to home group not thinking what you're going to get, but, but man, what can I give? This morning, I instructed specifically for the prayer team to assemble themselves and to be prepared to wash you in the Word of God. Because you know, this morning, for some of you, you may need that washing. You may need that healing. You may need that prayer. You may need that touch. You may need whatever it is you need, friends, in the name of Jesus. Let's do business with God right now. Let's pray for each other. Let's allow the Lord as we seek Him in this wonderful, intimate setting.